Welcome to the Profit Podcast, everything NFL and fantasy football related all year long, with your host, Calvin Wright. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Profit Podcast. How is it going today? Look, if we're being honest, a lot of my takes have been doing well. And that's that's one of the reasons I didn't do the podcast for the last couple of weeks. I was just letting some of these takes earlier this season marinate for a little bit. And that, that's what's happened. And now that takes are doing well, now it's time to talk about kind of what to do as we head into this next chapter of the season. Because obviously we're, we're you know, about halfway through, which is crazy. And there are a lot of players who are now doing really well. They're living up to the preseason hype. Uh, Travis Etienne, for example. But then there are a lot of players who we can officially say, hey, these guys are busting. How do we recover from that that draft pick if you drafted Najee Harris? What are you supposed to do? I did want to start things off just by uh, telling you how sad this is that the Denver Broncos have the easiest schedule for the running back rest of season, and there's there's no one there who's a viable fantasy option. Just really sad. It's just sad. Uh, because I, I that's one of the things I look at so much is these kind of playoff strength of schedules or last last couple of weeks as we head into the, the you know, playoff stretches. And the, the best running back schedules belong to the Denver Broncos backfield, the Tennessee Titans backfield, obviously you can't get Derrick Henry anymore. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, they've got a great, great rest of season schedule, third easiest. And I want to talk about their backfield because it is, it's a fantasy wasteland right now, but I think there is potential. And then we'll, we'll talk about some other stuff. But but today's main, main bulk, we're going to go over some of these big boom performances talk about who can we expect to continue to produce at a high, high level. Let's start things off. Joe Mixon had an absolutely ridiculous game. 55 points. Just ridiculous. Uh, And now they get the bye week in the Pittsburgh, Tennessee. A much harder schedule. He has really the worst playoff schedule uh, out of any running back. So that's disappointing for Joe Mixon. Do you sell high on Joe Mixon? Obviously, I'm not expecting 55 points from Joe Mixon every week. And he's now, you know, the number two running back on Sleeper after just one insane game. But you have to factor in something has changed in this offense fundamentally. And he saw 22 carries and didn't play in the second half. Uh, That's the second highest or, or third highest amount of carries he's seen this season. Could potentially the Jamar Chase injury and the lack of that threat in the passing game, could this be leading the Bengals to running the ball more with Joe Mixon? I think so. So really my 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 stance on Joe Mixon relies on when Jamar Chase will be back. He's not expected to go on the IR. That is the most recent update. We got that nine days ago. There hasn't really been an update. They've got the week 10 bye. Uh, so we're we're probably looking at week 11 or 12 for Jamar Chase. So that's really what you have to factor in. Because I think with Jamar Chase out, this will be a run-heavy offense. I think Joe Mixon is a lock for 20 to 25 runs and then four or five targets as well. 
And if Joe Mixon is seeing that volume, I don't really care that much about the matchups. He's going to be a very good fantasy option. But that is the main thing. Monitor Jamar Chase, his health. Try to figure out when you think he's going to be back and, and then make your decision. Because if Jamar Chase is going to be right back after this bye week, by all means, go try to trade Joe Mixon on the heels of this five-touchdown game. But but I think as long as Jamar Chase is out, Joe Mixon is going to be a top-five running back in fantasy. That's what I think it shakes down to. Another player who went absolutely crazy was Justin Fields. Only started in 39% of leagues on Sleeper, only rostered in 67. We talked about it last week. We said, hey, Justin Fields is looking pretty good. He's running the football. If Justin Fields is running, you know, 10 times a game, he's going to be a good fantasy option. And people scoffed because Justin Fields, it's been rough. Uh, Matt Nagy tried to destroy him. And then, bam, 42 points. Now he gets to face Detroit and then Atlanta. We talked about it. The schedule is very nice for Justin Fields over the next couple of weeks. He, he has just really nice matchups. And it is worth noting that Justin Fields finishes the season against Detroit, the 30th-ranked defense against the quarterback in fantasy football. So Justin Fields is someone that I'm definitely trying to roster. The rushing ability is going to give him a pretty safe floor and a pretty high ceiling. He's a fantastic runner. And in these favorable matchups, I think Justin Fields could, could have a really massive end to his fantasy season. So Justin Fields... This is not a flash in the pan. This is an extremely talented first-round quarterback who has some weapons, who's a great runner on an offense that's finally utilizing him properly, going against easy matchups. It's a recipe for fantasy success. And he runs the ball. So those were the main, like, kind of two, what on earth do we do here? Because Devontae Adams, of course you're going to keep him. Mahomes, of course you're going to keep him. But we'll go a little more into some of these other specific matchups. Uh, Cordero Patterson and Tyler Algier. This was an interesting backfield. Uh, both of these guys ran the ball pretty well. Cordero Patterson found the end zone twice. Algier actually looked very good for the first time in, in quite a while. He, he ran the ball 10 times for 99 yards. This was a, a very nice game for Algier. However, the snaps were very limited. Only 38% of snaps. Now, this is going to continue to be a three-headed backfield, I think. Uh, Cordero Patterson is the one, Algier is the two, and then Caleb Huntley, still seven carries, he's going to be kind of the 2B. So it will be a two-headed backfield. And if you have Cordero Patterson, I think that he is going to be a, a really fantastic uh, option rest of season if you held on to him now that he's healthy. He's got a very, very, very favorable schedule ahead of him. Um, let me pull it up. It's the like number sixth easiest running back schedule, I think. So you're gonna have a good a good option, Cordero Patterson. But I think in some of these nice matchups, Algier will actually be flexible. Uh, still only rostered in 63% of leagues on sleeper, which is crazy. Algier, he needs to be on a team if he's available in your league, and I don't think we should be starting him right now unless you're a little desperate. But but in some of these nice matchups, he'll be flexible. Uh, I'm trying to think what to say about the Chargers. They need some wide receivers, man. They need some wide receivers. Joshua Palmer led the team in, in 
receptions, went over 100 yards. This was just ugly for the passing game. I mean, Herbert Herbert struggled a little bit. Most of it's not his fault, though. The team does not give him anything. Uh, and uh, Keenan Allen apparently got worse over their bye week. So this is just a situation to monitor. I'm at this point not really expecting Herbert to have a massive breakout at some point this season. I think this is going to be more or less what he's limited to just based on the wide receiver core. Now, a player I do want to talk about is Raheem Mostert because this this was a brutal game for Raheem Mostert. They traded for Jeff Wilson. They got Jeff Wilson in a package right before the trade deadline, and and we didn't really think Jeff Wilson was going to be involved and, and change things up. And we saw Raheem Mostert, who's he's he's been on fire, and he has one of the easiest schedules remaining out of any running back. It's the fourth easiest schedule, finishing off with Houston, Seattle, and Denver. And then Jeff Wilson comes in, and Jeff Wilson hit nine carries for 51 yards. He caught three targets for 21 yards and a touchdown. And it, it's not just that he he like made the most of his opportunities. No, he was on the field for 49% of the snaps. That's a higher percentage than Raheem Mostert. We've, we, we, we thought we finally had a Miami running back that we could trust. We, we finally had it for, for just a second. We had a Miami running back that we could trust. And it's gone. It's gone. Just like that. Speaking of gone, David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, man, they 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 collapsed this week. They've got nice matchups coming up, thankfully, but that that was a very brutal game. If you're an owner of either of them, they uh, they really they really stunk it up. Thirty six yards. I'd expect to bounce back as they get a very favorable matchup against Detroit, but uh, it hasn't been a great season for either of these guys. We are kind of hoping that one would get traded before the deadline didn't happen. But Darnell Mooney is someone that I do want to talk about because this is the second straight good week for Mooney, who's you know seeing the bulk of the targets, and he finally found the end zone. He, he's a good wide receiver, and I think as this offense ascends with a quarterback who, who's, who's having a breakout in these favorable matchups, I think that Darnell Mooney is, is a really nice option only rostered in 72% of leagues on Sleeper. You need to pick him up. All right, moving on. Detroit-Green Bay. This was a frustrating game fantasy-wise. Goff and Rodgers didn't do anything. Aaron Jones didn't do anything, then got injured. A.J. Dillon did, did less somehow without getting injured. Jamal Williams had 10 points, and DeAndre Swift had 8 points. This was just a, a terrible game for fantasy. DeAndre Swift had two carries. Two carries. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what we're supposed to do with this. Uh, two carries. And they said he, he didn't get hurt or have setbacks. This is just frustrating because this offense isn't performing well enough right now for us to really be able to trust either of them. They do have Chicago coming up, who's the 28th-ranked defense against quarter of fantasy running backs. But it's hard to have any faith in this backfield, as good as they are, as talented as they are. It's hard. Uh, so Swift, I, I guess I would say buy low. 
on Swift. I think it gets better than this. But if you do have Swift, you're scared. You are scared. You, you got two weeks from him, really. You got two weeks from Swift so far. So I would be targeting Swift in trades before your, your league has a deadline. Uh, especially if you're a team that has you know two, three wins. This is kind of a desperation player. The, the floor is low. He could get re-aggravated. He could be the two to Williams. Or he could come back fully healthy, take full command, and this offense starts rocking again, and he's you know an RB5 rest of season. That's, that's the type of player I want to target before my deadline if I'm losing. Vegas-Jacksonville, biggest takeaway is holy smokes, Travis Etienne is a beast. He's a beast. He's up to the RB11. He's a top 12 guy now. Since getting the start, 11 points, 17 points, 25, 26 points. And guess what? He has one of the easiest remaining schedules for the running back. It's a decent schedule, but simply in the uh, in the Super Bowl, he gets Houston. So if you have Travis Etienne in the Super Bowl, you win. They're allowing 30 points a game to the running back position. But he has been phenomenal. He's looked great in every asset of the game. And this was such a such a nice game to see where he's not averaging a high yards per carry. The Vegas defense was shutting down the run. They really were. If you watched it, they were in the backfield every play. Only 3.8 yards, 3 yards a carry. But they still just kept feeding him the ball. I mean, 28 carries, 81% snaps. He's, he's the main workhorse in the NFL at this point. Two touchdowns. Uh, the one concern might be too, too touchdown dependent, but this offense has shown a clear commitment to him, so I'm not selling or anything. And yeah, like I said, Houston to finish things off. Detroit later on this season. Travis Etienne, this is him not catching the ball. If they realize that he's a great pass catcher, it's all over. It's all over. Christian Kirk with the bounce back. We talked about that on uh, Saturday. We talked about how Christian Kirk, you know, he's still the the wide receiver one. He's still very talented. Just hasn't happened uh, past couple weeks. It happened. So hopefully... You bought low, you had that short window, because uh, Christian Kirk should be a very solid flex rest of season. Indianapolis, New England, I got nothing. I got nothing to say. It's bad, it's bad, and it's getting worse. No comment. I don't want to ruin my night talking about that game. Let's go to a more fun game with Buffalo and the, the Jets, where we had hmm, no one, no one performed really well. Garrett Wilson, I guess, with the best game as a wide receiver, but only started in 47% leagues on sleepers, so that kind of didn't help anyone. But he has really become the predominant wide receiver one in this offense. Seven targets, nine targets last two weeks. He's played over 90% of snaps now. As they head into the bye, the only concern is they have New England coming up next. So this is the type of game we really could see. The breakout that's starting to happen get slowed down. That's kind of the concern. With Garrett Wilson, a lot of this momentum over the past two weeks. Now we head into a bye, and then New England. So it's just frustrating. It's, it's, we we haven't gotten many just clear cut, yeah, breakouts this season. It's it's been a tough season. Uh, Michael Carter, though, he had a good game. He had a good game. He really did. I've I've said it ever since uh, Michael Carter started last year. He's good. He's a good running back. I don't know why the Jets seem to hate him. The idea of him being 
you know, the the lone running back they they seem to be horrified by. Uh, James Robinson also saw 13 carries, only 3.6 yards a carry. Did find the end zone to save the day. I'm still not particularly interested in James Robinson. Uh, but yeah, yeah just just a, a weird game with Jets winning that. They're they're going to be the type of team this year that they don't have a lot of great options fantasy-wise, but they kind of render a lot of the other teams' fantasy options useless. I mean, Stephon Diggs held to 14 fantasy points. That's crazy. Dalvin Cook didn't have a great game. He has been he has been woefully uh, disappointing this year. He really has. He's he's the RB twelve, so he's actually behind ETN at this point, and he's given you really two good weeks. The rest have been just very mediocre, and and he's disappeared in games. I mean, two yards a carry. Uh, twice this season he's done that. So it's been just a frustrating season. Antonio Gibson disappeared even bigger with with six points after he earned people's trust going 16 points, 20 points. He put up six, and he was started in almost 70% of the league. So that one was just a bummer. But thankfully, Justin Jefferson, he pulled through in this game. He finally, you know, well, not finally. He's been great. People just have absurd expectations. But 13 targets, caught seven of them for 115 and a touchdown. Gets Buffalo next week. I think that'll be a high-scoring shootout. I think he'll have a great game. So that was good to see. Hawkinson, this was really nice to see. Hawkinson lands in this offense, and immediately, there he goes, nine targets, nine catches for 70 yards. I think Hawkinson is maybe my favorite. I mean, apart from Kelsey and Andrews and Kittle, he's my favorite tight end rest of the season, apart from those guys. He's someone that I would be trying to acquire in a trade, uh, if you can land someone like TJ Hawkinson in a package deal, maybe trade uh, Joe Mixon for ETN and Hawkinson. I think that could really change how, how your season goes. I really like Hawkinson in this offense. They seemed to very, very early they were involving him in this offense. So try to acquire Hawkinson. It's not going to be dirt cheap, but I think he's going to be an integral part of this offense. And then Kenneth Walker... Unbelievable game, 28 carries, or 26 carries, four catches, or, or four targets, but he went for 109 yards and two touchdowns. He and ETN are showing up this year, and this was another great case to see, you know, he wasn't incredibly efficient. He he didn't have a great game just, you know, ripping off runs, but they kept feeding him the ball. He has earned, you know, the full lion's share of this backfield. Homer only had one carry. DJ Dallas had one carry. So it's just really nice to see some bell cows emerging in a league that has been so predominantly tandem systems. So these are players that I am trying to buy in on still, even though they're not going to be cheap, just buying into a system where you can have the running back who gets the carries. That's what I'm trying to do. Speaking of, of backfields, Rams, wow. What has happened to the Rams? There's no way. There's no way Matthew Stafford's arm is all right. This is, there's no way. You cannot convince me, uh, you know, 165 yards and one touchdown. He, he's been very bad this season. He does not get a lot of help from his backfield. His backfield is brutal. Cam Akers, five carries for three yards. Brown, two for nine. Henderson, 12 for 56. Just nothing going. Cooper Cup is the only player on this offense that has done anything. I mean, Higby, zero for one. 
What happened to Higby? What? You cannot convince me that Matthew Stafford's arm is all right. I, I think that this season is a wash for the Rams, and I'm not looking for things to bounce back simply because I don't think Matthew Stafford is playing 100%, and I wouldn't expect him to this whole season. I think late next, you know, at the end of the season, you know, February, March, some report will come out. Matthew Stafford played the whole season with this horrible injury, and we'll go, yeah, we, we could tell. Brady had a decent fantasy game, 15 points. Uh, he's He's been all right last couple of weeks. Uh, I'm not chasing anything yet. But uh, but but good to see some life from this Bucks offense. Fournette still woefully inefficient. Rashad White didn't do much, but he's getting more and more involved. He's someone that you need to pick up. Uh, you just you need to pick him up. The way ETN has been struggling, rostered still in only forty nine percent of leagues. Rashad White is a must own. But the the wide receivers on Tampa Bay they're worrisome. Evans five of eleven. Eldon check. He gets Seattle next week. That defense has been red hot. And then a bye. It's not great for this Tampa Bay offense. It's that's the story all year. So there's gosh, I I really don't have that much to say about it. That's that's one of the reasons I haven't done as many podcasts the last couple of weeks. It's a lot of these teams are just it's gross. It's just gross this year. We got like six players who went off for 50 points, and then everyone else scored six. Uh, speaking of gross, Tennessee, Tennessee's offense, Malik Willis, you feel bad for the guy. Um, I'm looking at his wide receivers. None of them caught a pass. I mean, there's, there's no, what, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> you know how hard it is to do a podcast about this game when, when they, they didn't complete a pass to a wide receiver. Derrick Henry beast. He went beast mode, two touchdowns, six yards of carry has somehow also the easiest schedule for the running backs or second easiest or easiest playoff schedule. Something stupid. He gets to finish with Jacksonville, Los Angeles, Houston. Uh, so so if you have Derrick Henry, congratulations. You, you're probably going to win it all now. And then Kansas City, it was just Mahomes. Mahomes with 34 points. None of the running backs did anything. But now we get some interesting stuff. Kelsey, obviously, beast. But but the wide receivers are starting to show up. And Juju Smith-Schuster is increasingly interesting. Increasingly interesting. This is three straight really good games from Juju Smith-Schuster. Five targets, eight targets, 12 targets. This is three straight games. And now they get Jacksonville. I mean, what one is one is a fluke. Two is you know luck. Three is you're hot. Four, that just might be what he is rest of season. So Juju Smith Schuster is someone that I am really high on rest of season, given the upcoming matchups. Given that he's tied to Patrick Mahomes and seems to be earning a, a bigger role in trust. McCole Hardman, I'm not as high on. I think that he's a little more streaky, a little more fluky. Obviously, two great games back to back, but it's it's just hard to trust McCole Hardman. It's hard to trust him. Whereas Juju, you see, I mean, 12 targets. He looks like the one apart from Kelsey. And I want Mahomes' one. If I am to put my money on one of those, it would be Juju. Kadarius Tony looked good on his, I mean, he, he played a very limited uh, 9% of snaps, but he looked good on his, his two plays. And now he gets Jacksonville. This is a good time for Tony to have a, a bit of a breakout. 
So roster in 64% of leagues, pick him up, start in 16, trade for him if he's already picked up. I really like Kadarius Toney upcoming weeks. I think that he's going to have a pretty big breakout this coming week. And then this running back backfield, we talked about they've got one of the easiest schedules rest of the season at the running back position. I think easiest playoff schedule as they finish with Denver, Houston, Seattle, Denver. Yeah, yeah. But who do you trust in this? Pacheco led the backfield with five carries for five yards. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire carried the ball four times for five yards, and McKinnon carried the ball three times for four yards. McKinnon had the best outing. He was involved as a receiver, six catches for 40 yards. If I had to put money on it, I think that, oh gosh, I think that, (laughs) I think McKinnon is the safest bet given his involvement as a pass catcher. Eight targets, that will give you a good floor. But if I had to put my money on one of them becoming a league winner, as as little as he's done so far, it would be on Pacheco. The team seems to like him, and every report that comes out, they, they're praising him. And if he can get the high hand, I mean, one big play is all it takes to get things going. This offense has never, you know, run 30 times. It's It's a... They don't run the lot, but they're extremely efficient. Just a couple plays, and Pacheco could really be the guy with the easiest playoff schedule. So he's the one I'm going after, I think, Isaiah Pacheco. And there's there's not much guarantee at all, but I can't let my teammates get him, my, my league mates get him when he has that playoff schedule because I, I don't want him to play a running back against Houston against me in the playoffs. That's That's just how it works. All righty. Josh Allen's injured now. Just came in. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Josh Allen injured. I I can't do this. I can't do it anymore. He's going to play through it, and just the offense will be worse. It'll be just like Herbert. It'll just be just like Herbert. Okay. I'll see you all next time. Sorry if I sound pessimistic. It's this season, it's just been rough. There's so so few consistent options. So few consistent options. We, we have the ETN storyline, which is great, the Kenneth Walker one, but so many of these running backs and wide receivers, it just, it's just been frustrating. It just has been frustrating this year. But uh, things, I think, are getting better each week. We're, we're starting to see some life from some of these teams, so we'll see if it can continue after their bye weeks. All right. Thank you all for listening. I will see you all next time.